Hose me down with holy water fetchies, I've got too hot. And welcome to episode 109 of the Fetch Everyone weekly podcast. Fetch Everyone is a website for runners, cyclists, swimmers and everyone else. Some websites put their best features behind a paywall. We don't do that, everything is free for everyone. They tried to build a paywall, but we said no, no, no. Oh, so who was that and everybody? Have you got any ideas, Katie? Yes. You do? I'm absolutely sure of who it is. Yeah, it's definitely a very distinctive voice. Mm. Someone who's done a piece for us on course measuring in the past, mm. if, oh, you, if you need a clue. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. And keep your mystery intros coming and keep your guesses coming as well, if you like, you know. Don't feel like you got to. But anyway, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Whether you're a regular listener or are you a new listener? Are you about to turn off thinking, no, this is not for me? Well, fair enough. That's all right. But I'm joined here by the lovely Katie. And we're both pretty warm, aren't we? It's only, what, 10 to 9 in the morning and it's already a bit scorchier. Yeah. 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 But where are you currently hot, Katie? I'm currently hot here. Right. Okay, does that still work for you? I'm here. Right. And currently hot. Anyway, yes, I'm here. I'm a bit tired because I think I got about three hours sleep last night. But, you know, pushing on through. Yeah, for me it was hard to get to sleep because it was so darn hot yesterday. Um, But for you it was your brain waking you up. It was my brain. My silly brain. Um, I wonder if the Fetchies will have got the reference that was in the first bit of the intro today, because we, I won't say what it is, but we had, did a couple of hours of doing our Desert Island Discs, um, didn't we, yesterday, and that reference is from one of my potentials. I think we had both mm. ended up with a good 20 or so, so we, we'd have to whittle them down further. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I got, I think I... I veered a little way away from my desert island choices, um, but I just sort of surfed the wave. Of, so we just took it in turns to pick a song. Yeah. Sorry about the siren. What do you reckon that is? Fire? I'm going with fire. Police? Fire. Oh dear. Um, yeah, so we just each took it in turns to put a song on through the speaker mm. um, and wild away quite a nice evening apart from the, mm. the blessed heat. Yeah. Um, that and that okay. particular bit that you referenced in your intro was a bit that made us laugh quite a lot, didn't it? It did. Yes, very much so. Mm. Cool. So how have you been dealing with the heat, everybody? Mm. It, are you okay? Are you, are, are you even somewhere hot? You might not be. No, you might be somewhere lovely and cool. Yeah. Or you might be wishing you were somewhere hot. I don't know. I, I am I enjoying know. the weather, though. It's just the nighttime bit where you're really sort of... Yeah. Yeah, you can't get away from your hot mattress. That's the bit that I'm finding difficult. Yeah. But I'm I'm really liking getting out of the lake and not having to sort of sort of throw on four layers of clothing and drink a cup of hot coffee before I can stop shivering, sort of thing. Yeah. I think it would just be nice to be able to turn it off. Occasionally, at yeah. night. Just flick a switch, like, okay, yeah. yeah. I want it this temperature now. Yeah. Uh, I anyway. what I'm talking about is air conditioning, but... Yeah. Yes. What kind of week have you had? Um, I've had a, 
a good if unspectacular week. Um, so on Tuesday, I got out at about 11 o'clock and it was already, it wasn't quite as warm as it has been towards the end of the week, but it's still pretty warm. And I did a 10 miler that saw me run from 11 till about 12.30. So I was pretty baked and pretty knackered by the time I got back from that. But I did it. So hooray. Um, and I, I'm ticking it off as a sort of mental accomplishment as much as anything else. Um, and then I think doing a 10 miler so early in the week means it's, you know, you've, you've got such a good start for your mileage that the rest seems like, you know, it's relatively easy by comparison. So, um, yeah, so I, I like a five and a six then at, at other points during the week. Mm. As I was tempted to try and do a back-to-back, but Sunday was like, well, just rewind a little bit. On Saturday, we were both so exhausted. We had like a, a nap. <laughs> about 7 p.m. <laughs> for about 40 minutes. We were just absolutely flattened by going into the London town and yeah. walking around people and seeing lots of people and driving through traffic and it was just it was just exhausting, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean if we you... did also walk about I don't know, sort of four and a half to five miles. Yeah, in the heat to various uh, eateries and stop offs and things, but but if you're if you're sort of slightly nervous of your high street or or town centre or wherever, yeah, um, as a result of lockdown and everything like that, imagine going from not really doing very yeah. much for the last eighteen months to like being plopped into the centre of London, Islington High um, Street. Yeah, yeah, utterly crazy. Absolutely. People driving, cycling, running, walking, crawling in every single direction. <laughs> Scooting. Drivers on pavements, pavements <laughs> on drivers. It was, it, it was, was nuts. It was just, <laughs> we, yeah, we came back and we were just sort yeah. of floored by it. And we were supposed to be going to our neighbours for, for garden drinks. And um, we found it really hard to peel ourselves up and, and go and and do that but we did and we really had a lovely time with our neighbours but um, oh my gosh but not before a nice nap yes in terms of lockdown realignment and preparing yourself for Mm. the rigours of everyday life if you want like the yeah the quick fix (laughs) go and shove yourself in the centre of London is it called immersion therapy Um, it's more like waterboarding really in terms (laughs) of how like, like in your face it was uh, it was nice though one of the things that was nice it was that Silver Shadow had said to me oh I know a lovely wool shop in Islington and um, and I didn't go out to look for it because I thought no I don't want to be this is I'm going to Islington to see my, my boy I'm not going to look at wool but we just suddenly found ourselves outside the, the wool shop that Silver Shadow had mentioned and of course I had to go and in you, you ran in cackling and left us <laughs> on the pavement <laughs> It's true. Yes, I said to the lady, "Point me at the sock yarns," and um... <laughs> she bet she gets that all the time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, within a, within about ten seconds of me having said that, she'd already sort of found several pictures of socks she'd recently knitted. So it's all fine. We're all on the same page. Us, us yeah. nutty sock knitters. Wolverine. That's my. <laughs> 
so yeah, so you you this is a roundabout way of you getting onto why you didn't do a double run. Yeah, so run. battered on Saturday pretty much. I mean, mm. I I ran first thing on Saturday morning, and then we went straight to London, around there, came back, napped. And then neighbours till what half eleven or something yeah. like that. So yeah. Sunday was just you know do as little as possible. Um, well, for some people, yes. Some people had appointments they had to attend to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's your own fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so no no back to back run for me, but that's fine because I got twenty one odd miles for the week. Um, I'm pretty happy with how it all is generally. So no Good. no talk from my calf. Good. Which is always nice, and good, the other good. one is showing no signs of playing up either. So, cross fingers. Excellent. Yeah. And how about you? Um, yep, pretty good apart from the yoga. So the yoga, I'm just going to quickly get that out of the way now. I haven't done any, so I'm also going to quickly get some yoga done today and out of the way, so that I have ticked off at least one session for the week for this week coming. Um, but it was just a busy week. I was um, sort of project managing in very much in inverted commas, um, my mum's bathroom um, sort of, what would you call it? Refit? Sort of Taking refit. the bath out, putting an, an, a shower in. A so semi-refit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so bath out, big shower tray in, shower boarding, all yeah. of that stuff. So I was going up most days to check um on the progress but most not really to check on the progress as in checking up on people but just to um take photos and facetime my mum and um show her the progress so um that was making it making it a little bit hectic and at the same time we were having some um outside decorating done weren't we well daniel decorator is uh yeah yeah so um it big was... bonus point for Daniel De- the decorator. He recognised the the nineteen eighties ZX Spectrum game from the T shirt I was wearing at yeah. the time. So which rarely gets recognised, does it? Never, never. never. So well done, him. So yeah. yeah so uh, bathroom antics. Bathroom decorating. So it was all just a bit hectic. Uh, that's my excuse for the no yoga um, thing. Um, but I did get a weekly walk mileage of 26 miles. Thank you again for my weekly walking graph. I love it. Oh, you're very welcome. So much. A whole marathon. Yeah. So I have done a 26 mile week before with the walking mm. um, a few weeks back. Um, but no, I'm pleased with that. And we did a lovely walk on Friday, didn't we? We did um, up to the Houghton House ruins. Oh, yeah. And the King's Wood, which you really liked. Yeah. Um, I know I bang on about it, but there's some pictures of that on me Instagram. Yes. At Fetch Everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a weird sort of got an, an eeriness to it. It's not it's not like ghostly, but you can sort of imagine Yeah. Life going on there and Yes. And all that. Yeah. So we, we started in Stuart B and walked um under the railway line. And um, we got um, sort of some trouble with a bit of a footpath, didn't we? Um, shortly after the railway line, we we could not get onto her. So there were points off for uh, England's footpaths, and Wales were back up to a little bit closer. Yeah. <laughs> we were wondering, and I don't know if anybody knows this, how often OS Maps mm. update their footpath yes. information and how they do it. Is it like a 
a squadron yeah. of dedicated people who roam the land, or is it done through people's feedback, or or what? Yes, or what? we'd really like to know about that yeah. because it's it's really interesting how some of them are very much sort of showing us definite footpaths on the OS map, and then you get there, and there really is absolutely no way that you could possibly do it. Yeah. Um, so that would be good. But in, in general, it was a pretty good walk from that point of view. We didn't have many where we couldn't get through. There was just that, that bit, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, so that was really nice. Um, and I've had some reasonable swimming. I had a bit of a disappointing pool session last Tuesday. I was not with my coach. I had a session that my coach had set for me. So Angie had done me a, you know, about half an hour of, of skulls and drills and then um, about half an hour of of speed work or like maybe 20 minutes of speed work something like that and then a warm down sort of thing and um I was in a lane with quite a few people and I just couldn't seem to get my timing right for my hundreds in that I got held up quite a few times even though I tried to leave clear water and so I was kind of messing with my recovery so that I would then attempt to get a real clear shot at my hundred mm. Um, but the ones where I wasn't held up at all, and I did get the timing right, my times were quite a bit down on what I'd done with Angie the week before, so that was disappointing. Mm. Um, so yes, I don't know, I came away from that feeling a bit kind of unconfident. Um, and I think because my self-confidence is just a bit low at the moment anyway, it kind of really, yeah, made me feel a bit fed up. Um, but... I was able to kind of go, well, look, you know, there there are worse things that could be happening to you, so mm. get on with it. Um, I think swimming is the by far the hardest activity to to get right to be at your most efficient. Like yeah. biking, you're kind of just strapped in and, and just yeah. throwing everything at it. And Yeah. I think the thing that I'm finding hard at the moment is I'm... I am struggling to just focus on one thing. And I know as a swimming coach that it's actually better to just focus on one thing mm. at any one point. Don't try and do all the technical bits. But I'm, even though I'm saying that to myself when I'm swimming, so, you know, just think about your thumbs right now or just think about your toes, I almost immediately become aware that if I do focus on that, then something else goes a bit wrong. Mm. So yeah, swimming is is tricky. But anyway, I think it's it's going in the right direction. I mean, certainly my swims at Box End have stayed um have stayed on the on the better side. So um anyway, we'll see. Forgot my watch on Friday for Box End and that was lovely, very liberating. Um so all good and um I've done a run as well. I think it was a little run walk. So that was good. I'd like to do another one of those this week if I can if it if there's a cool enough time for me to do one. Yeah, it's sounding like it is going to get a little bit cooler, isn't it? It sounds like it is, yeah. yeah. So that's good. Um, so hoping to do another good long walk in the next couple of weeks, as in an, an over 10 mile one, mm. I think, and um, carry on with that. And then I'd, I'd like to do a 15 soon and just keep on preparing for that yeah. That walk, walk the white. Where do you stand on your longest walk pre the I think, event. yeah, I think it's going to be a, a maximum of 18 miles because mm. they just take so long. They take yeah. so much of the day and I and they do really tire me out for quite a few days afterwards and I've got to think about everything else and I think that will see me through. I think if I've, if I've done 17 to 18 miles in training, I think I'll manage the 26 and a half on the day. Yeah. Um, and I expect to be very battered after that and I think I'll make sure I've 
booked some time off and all of that stuff. So yeah, cool. so get in there. Excellent. That's good. Um, what about some comments from users? Have we sure. had any this week? No, we have. We, we have. have. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you tell us? <laughs> okay. Um, so the background bird caused some issues with some people's listenings last week. Um, I have heard the background bird today also doing some possible wheelbarrow or car fault impersonations. So apologies for that, but it is nice for us to sit here with the doors open, isn't it? And mm. yes, the sirens, because we live next door to a... Well, not next door, but very, very close to a fire station, don't we? They're always hanging around outside eating their donuts. <laughs> um, quite a few of the listeners were very emotionally invested in ITG's tale. I certainly was. Yeah. You were. Yeah. You were both quite sort of blinky and choked up at the end of that. Um, but yes, to mention a few, Mr. T, Rue, um, Westmore's, yeah, and um, but lots of people really enjoyed that, and um, and we certainly did. So thank you, ITG. Um, Rue mentioned that her happy place is on a horse, or yes. or at least with the view of a horse's head in a field beyond. So I suppose you could recreate that with like a hobby horse type thing. If anyone yeah. out there wants to try it, and you haven't got a real horse. Yeah, a clothes um, horse, would that do? Maybe. If it was a clothes horse with all your, your riding gear on it. Yeah. That minute that might help. Uh-huh. So, something for you to try, Fetchies. Don't say we don't give you um, hints and tips. Okay. <laughs> um, Running Mum of Three Boys has reported back that Colworth Challenge may go ahead this year, but later on. So, that's something to look out for. So, that's the 26 miles in the weekend. Yeah. So that's cool. Lovely. Um, Linz, I was just going to say to you, have you tried your local tri club for a swimming coach? You were saying you're struggling to find one, but quite a few. If you can find a tri club that has some level two coaches, they can do one-to-one coaching. And they're quite often interested in picking up some, some paid work. So worth a, worth a look at your local tri club. Um, and Val was saying that she did um, a multi-day, or she tried to do a multi-day and it was town to tring. Um, but the second day of the event, she'd already had guts full of looking at dead things in the canal, so she didn't, she didn't find herself really motivated to do that for a second day. So, yeah, that didn't happen. But Fal also That's mentioned that she really enjoyed the podcast. She is now up to, up to date. That's good. Hello, Fal. Yeah. So she's probably listening to this in in almost real in time. In real time, it mm. feels like she's listening to us right now, like yeah. she's in the room. Yes. And there was some, so um, I follow Fal on Instagram and um, she had some pictures of her doing some of her um, lino printing and she had her headphones in and I was thinking, oh, wonder if that's how, she, when she was catching up on the, uh, the podcasts. I expect so. The Fetch Everyone Weekly podcast, in fact. Yeah. Um, and ITG also came on to mention um, Christian Eriksson with regards to the whole defibrillator awareness thing. And I believe, I don't know any details, but I believe that it was down to speedy CPR and defibrillation that Christian Eriksson is alive and well and awake. So it just goes to show, really. Couldn't illustrate it any better, could it? Yeah. Um, So thank goodness. And just how... It can happen to anyone yeah. at any time. You know, someone yeah. in theory in the peak physical condition for 
a major tournament suddenly yeah. has something. Well, I think they had to get it. I think this did happen previously in a football match. I don't know how long ago, but not that long ago. I'm talking like maybe within the decade or so, but um, and the the facilities were not there, and I think mm. it was a tragic. I I don't want to sort of start talking about who, who it was because I I'm not sure, and I don't want to say anything wrong. But there was a case of a footballer who who did die. Yeah. And I think it came down to the response. Um, so it was looked at from that. I mean, they learnt some very, very hard lessons. Yeah. And so now it's extremely quick. on, And most, um, I think most elite team sports have all of that very much sorted out now. Yeah. But unbelievably, not that long ago, it wasn't well enough sorted out that someone did die. Yeah. It's weird, and it? sometimes you think you look at health and safety stuff and think, "Oh, it's it's all gone mad now. It's it's crazy," but everything that is in place is usually in place because something somewhere has happened. Yes. To someone because it wasn't. So, it's yeah. like the 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 sign on the inside of the aircraft door that says, "This is not a toilet." <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. It's important. Yeah. Yeah, and the concussion rules and all of those things, the head injury assessment stuff and, mm. yeah, all of that. Yeah, anyway, uh, that's it. Yeah, cool. Thank that's you, everybody, done. for your contribution. Thank you very much. We love hearing In text form. And, and thank you, Fen and Flyer, as well, for continuing to <laughs> yes. agitate people towards making yes. their contributions. So we're doing all right. We've got a few in at the moment. So, yeah. so thank you, Contributions Czar. Yes. You're doing a great job. Um, so some site features then. Um, so a few little bits and bobs around the edges. Um, if you've got a list of routes, so you can use the route planner on Fetch to create your routes and then you can save them for future reference. Um, I've made it as easy as I possibly can to um, put those routes into different categories. So I've got, um, and I blogged about this, I've got a, a category for routes in Wales for when I go and see the folks. I've got uh, routes that are races. I've got overseas ones from when we've been on holiday. Um, and there's uh, hopefully a, a pretty straightforward way of categorizing all of that stuff now. So you can easily find what you want. So just a few usability improvements there. Um, and also, um, feature voting. So if you go to the, click the help link at the top of any page on the site and go to suggest a feature, um, I've made it uh, a lot easier to cast your votes now. Um, so it still is just pressing yes, no, or meh. Um, but instead of when that happens, the whole page reloads and you've got to wait for it to reload and it's like, it takes, it only takes a second or two. But that's still just a delay while you're, you're, you're going, right, okay, I just want to click, 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 click. Mm. You could do 10 in a second if you were being really brutal about it. So now the, the votes go in without you having to reload the page. So it'll hopefully make things a lot quicker. And I've been running through a few requests and trying to knock a few off. So it's, yeah. as a system, it's unbelievably helpful for me to have that... Um, insight into what kind of things uh, you guys as fetchies are interested in mm -hmm. um, so suggest stuff but have a little read through first maybe use a 
use the filter to you know search for a keyword like roots or WSW for who squares wins or mm. forum or threads or something and just see what's already been suggested. Um, but feel free to add any new features that you want and vote on as many as you like. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Very good. Yeah. Have you got a blog to... I have. Yeah. Yes, I highly recommend you checking out Helegant's blog. Um, there's two, actually. There's Channel Qualifier, Too Much Information. And I don't think it is too much information. It's the sort of information that I think about uh, to do with uh, this sort of thing. There's also a blog from the same day saying more channel stuff. It's okay. really interesting. If you're into your swimming, if you've ever kind of wondered about longer distance swimming... Um, and indeed relay channel swimming or anything like that, then have a look, because it's kind of like the nuts and bolts of how you get there to do it. Um, but um, Hennigan's basically just qualified for her relay team um, in September, which um, if you don't know, you have to, to qualify, you have to go and swim in the sea, and you have to do 90 minutes, um, first of all, swimming parallel to a beach, um, in just a normal swimming costume, a pair of goggles and a hat. You are not allowed to wear anything else at all. That's the channel swimming rules. That's very kind of def definite. Are there any rules on what kind of hat? Just a normal swimming hat. A swimming hat. Yes. <laughs> oh, you one. You're a one, aren't you? Oh. Um, and then you get out for an hour and then yeah. you have to get back in and do another hour. Um, and that's to just check that you can cope with the relay aspect of yeah. doing some, getting really cold, dealing with the after drop situation, and then getting back in again and, and yeah. doing more. So, so, how do they police that? Is it like a an, an event where you can turn up yes. and, and do it? There's, yeah. Or there's not someone with a clipboard who comes and stands on the beach while you do it? I'm sure there is. Yeah, that, I mean, you, it is quite strict. So mm. um, that would be a, a nice one to ask um, Elegant actually as to. You know who organised it and who was there on the on the beach, sort of checking on them. But um, I think there were nine people with her also um, qualifying, um, and another one of our friends also did um, some qualifying swims over the weekend as well. Her swim, our other friend is swimming in July a relay. So, mm. but yeah, so that's yeah. my recommendation for you this week. And well done, Helegant, amazing. Yeah, we're very fantastic. proud of you. Yeah, and good luck. I was yeah. wondering also whether or not they go and recce the bit of course that they're going to be swimming in the relay, but that's me just being silly, isn't it? It is, yeah. yes. I'm sorry. Um, so I've got a, a thread to mention, and of course it's the football thread, because we're all going soccer crazy in this house. Um, so if you like football, there's this football tournament on at the moment. It's called the Euro 2020s, mm. I believe, sponsored by Specsavers. Uh, I don't know. That's a lame joke. And if, if, if you, like me, are already confused about what year it is, then there's nothing like a tournament that's determined to stick to its, its title, despite it being in a completely different year to the title. Yeah. Half of me wonders whether or not they just printed out all the shirts and things that they were going to flog and all the footballs with the relevant things or, or whether or not this they're just sort of going no 2020 will not win will not defeat us yeah so one or the other eh? yeah they're doing the same with the olympics aren't they they're calling it tokyo 2020 yes yeah cool well come on england shire 
and come on Wales and Scotland yeah. and Northern Ireland and don't think Northern Ireland are in, are they? Are they in? Try harder. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I honestly don't know. Um, I know that Wales are playing and Scotland and England because yeah. Scotland and England are in the same group. And yeah. yeah, I don't know much about football. <laughs> yes. Yes. But we do have a football thread. So if you do know about football, go there and, and they'll be able to say more sensible yes. things. You will find your people. Lots of soccer fans. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, we've got some contributors. Which we've got some, we've is... got some lovely contributors. 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 Anyway, Con- yes. Who would you like yeah. to start with? Um, let's start with Steve WJJ. Okey-dokey. He's just giving a, us a little insight into his little breakaway. Hello, Fetchies. Steve WJJ here. Uh, I'm doing one of my favourite things at the minute. I'm on holiday in Whitby. It's about half past seven in the morning and I'm out on an early morning run through the town. At the minute I'm sat on the farthest point on the quay, looking back into Whitby along the river. It's one of my favourite things to do when I'm on holiday, get out on an early morning run. You can see places like you wouldn't otherwise be able to see them, because there's nobody else about, there's just you. And you can see everything. And you see things that you wouldn't normally see that you'd miss otherwise. I just love doing this. Anyway, that's me out. I'm going to go and enjoy the rest of my holiday. See you soon, Fetchies. Bye. Thanks, Steve. I absolutely love doing the same thing as you and uh, have done it many times, but not recently, obviously. But we'll probably do that hopefully in July when we get down to, to Devon. Yeah. Um, for our little holiday um, but yes I've done the, the Venice thing I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast thread actually um, Venice is absolutely nutty in August which is when I went and if you try and go and look at the Bridge of Size during the daytime it's like eight people deep to even try and get a, a view over their heads is difficult so I got up every morning and did a little trot round and uh, managed to get to see the Bridge of Size and all of the kind of the classic places in Venice without being surrounded by many, many people. So, yeah, I totally, I totally understand that. Lovely. Yeah. Well done you for getting up on your holiday and getting out. Nice. Well, you can enjoy the rest of the day then, lazing about then, can't exactly, you? Exactly, Knowing yeah. that you've done your, your, yeah. your bit for the day. Yeah. Good, well done. Um, we've got another contribution now, and this one's from Elsie too. I do believe she is celebrating completing a virtual event. So over to Elsie. I hope you can hear all those birds. Um, this is Elsie too. I'm on the Wales Coast Path. I'm very close to finishing my virtual challenge of the Wales Coast Path and I am just so thrilled to be able to actually be here this week for a few days and at the moment I'm walking from Munt towards Aberporth. I'm only going to go about a mile and then a mile back but it's just beautiful. I can hear the waves lapping up against some rocks down below and there's some birds, I don't know what they are but that noise there you might be able to hear birds talking to each other but it's just beautiful it's such a gorgeous sunny day 
We've been on the beach from about half ten this morning. We gave up about three because it was just too hot, which is brilliant. We've been swimming in the sea, which is ridiculously cold. Um, but so exhilarating. And yeah, just having a wonderful time. I'm not sure if I'm going to manage to finish the Wells Coast Path Challenge on the Coast Path. I think I've got about another 20 miles to go and only a couple of days. So I don't think my back's going to allow me to actually complete it. But just to do some of it, it's just fantastic. Hope you're all having a lovely half term on bank holiday weekend. Bye bye. Well, as we know, um, Elsie did in fact finish her Welsh Coastal Path Challenge in Bedfordshire. Um, but I'm really pleased she got to do that walking on actually on it. Um, and I'm also really glad she had her lovely breakaway because I, I know that we were all a bit nervy in, in Bedford the couple of weeks before that bank holiday weekend because mm. of various reports of not being able to travel and things like that. So, um, yeah. yeah. That caught me out a little bit because I thought she was going to be talking about completing her challenge, right. but yeah. she was actually there, which was really lovely. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the birds were pretty awesome. They were very yeah. awesome. Yeah. Good yeah. to see Welsh birds. Yeah. You could tell from the accent, couldn't you? Yes, obviously. <sighs> Thanks, Elsie. Yeah, thank you very much and well done. And it was lovely to hear a, a little bit of the, the path there. Yes. A little bit of the home country. Yeah. Um, and we've got a big, long, massive contribution now um, because it's a member of the month interview. Um, and we've had a lot of interviews that have been done by ITG. Um, but she was also the winner of a member of the month. Um, so as Cora says, she can't interview herself. So here's the lovely Cora to interview the lovely ITG. Hi, Fedgies. This is Cora here. And since our lovely member of the month, ITG, couldn't interview herself, I volunteered for the job. So as you'll probably notice as we move along, the accents get more and more Scottish. So I'll apologise right now for that. But without further ado, let's go to the first question. Mandy Mew asks, Yay, well done ITG, worthy winner. You run in some stunning scenery, but where is your favourite or ideal run? Thank you, Mandy Moo. Well, thank you, Cora, for taking on the challenge of interviewing, and I make no apologies for our increasingly Scottish accent. I love to hike and run in a um, scenic spot nearby called Ausburgi, and it's this incredible canyon at the mouth of the Yerkosau River. And as it happens, just uh, on Monday, I managed to secure myself a spot for the 32.7k trail run that starts at Dedefoss and ends right at that canyon. Not like you're a glutton for punishment or anything. Who me? Not at all. <laughs> Our next question is from Night Owl, who asks, congratulations. As for scenery, where would you prefer to live and run? In the beach, in the mountains or somewhere else? Well, for running, definitely the beach because I'm rubbish at running up and down hills. Um, and I really love the sea. I really don't think I could live far away from the coastline. Uh, cycling, though, I prefer to be in the mountains uh, as long as there's proper asphalt. I don't do any of that mountain biking, just uh, proper race bike. Yeah, I, I, I would agree on that one. Um, mountain biking means more falling off, probably. Lots of falling off. My son has this flash mountain bike and he does like insane things. Like he cycles down this huge flight of stairs outside the church locally. And I just, it's just better not to watch. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, our next question is for Dr. Fleecing D. 
formerly known as Fleecy and all other, quite a few other pseudonyms, I think. She says, congrats ITG, I'm lucky enough to have you in my real life sticker book. What is your favourite race ever? Well, this is happy days because that would be the Ökosar Lope, which is the very race I just mentioned that ends at Osbergen. And that's me signed up now to do that on the 7th of August. So more later. Fantastic. Uh, will you be doing a podcast recording for that? I might be persuaded. I did one in 2019 when I ran just the 13 kilometre. Ah, we'll look forward to that then, hopefully. Our next question comes from Heligant. She asks, congratulations. You've posted photos of some wonderful runs. What is left on your bucket list? Well, in fact, when I originally answered this question, I said very much the 32.7k Yoko Sertlip. So there it is. It's on the bucket list. I'm ready to go. So I guess come September, I can drop dead happy. We'd rather you didn't. But, you know, <laughs> at least that's one thing ticked off. And that's my clock going off. So then... <laughs> when you're ready. Yes, when I'm trying to get the clock to shut up. Never mind. Our next question comes from Mushroom. It says, congratulations. If you could only choose one more race ever, would you choose your favourite or one you've never done so? And if so, which? That's a great question. So I like to get the most from my money. So if I could only ever do one more race and I had the natural talent, dedication, money and time, it would be an Ironman. Uh, maybe the Hawaii because uh, I'd love to go there and I was actually invited to go there in 2019 but my husband got sick and I had to cancel at the last minute and I'm still not quite over it. Uh, I'm not very good at cycling but I reckon if it was only one race then yeah I'd have to battle it out and get through the 180 kilometres. I reckon you would. Sometimes it's just a matter of put your mind to it and do it. Yeah um, for 12 hours. Hmm. <laughs> this is maybe one for, for a name later on down the line somewhere like yeah. especially if it's my last ever ever race yeah i like that for the last one definitely our next question comes from our kaz who says well done itg if you were given a golden ticket to any sports event what would you choose to go and watch well, Kaz, your classic question. So I would have to go back in time and cheat a little bit for this one and watch Roma beat Juventus 4-0 at the Stadio Olimpico. That would have been absolutely amazing. 8th of February 2004, top squad, dream team, and Colina as referee, save penalty, just everything you could wish for in a Roma game. Uh, and since it's a golden ticket, I'm expecting full hospitality and hanging out with the wags uh, and getting all the gossip from the Italian ladies. Um, apart from that, maybe to go back in time to 67 when Scotland won the World Cup, as you know, beating England at Wembley to England to Scotland three, one year after England took the trophy home. Uh, going forward, I'd love to take the boys to see one of our national teams in the Euros or the World Cups, men's or women's. So maybe next year we can go and see some of the women's Euros if all goes well. Scotland, Italy or Iceland. That'd be fantastic. And hopefully things are going in the right direction now. So fingers crossed for that one. Well, got my vaccination this morning, so there's a little bit of hope that I can get out of Iceland again. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Our next question is from Raggedy Runner, who asks, Congratulations, you seem to be attracted to cold places, and I love the photos you post. Is cold weather running the way forward, or would you ever enter a race somewhere hot? That's a tough one. So saying I'm attracted to cold places indicates there's something more of a choice here than just a sort of random experience of where I ended up working. Um, but I'm not very good in hot weather. Every time I go to Italy in the summer, I go up early in the morning to run and every time I get heat stroke and end up sick for three days. Uh, my only ever DNF was at Chiavari in uh, Italy uh, in June because I just collapsed because of heat stroke. 
Um, so I can't imagine myself going any more hotter than that. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure it's uh, uh, so much that I, I love the cold, it's just that I'm used to the cold. Uh, and at least with the cold, you can always put more layers on. That is very true. I'm slightly worried about the warmer weather myself. So see how that goes. Our next question. Warmer person... Scottish weather. I love that. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we do get it occasionally. You do know. <laughs> you know. We have Mr. T asking next and they say, congratulations. I think you're the only person who's ever been rude to me on Fetch. Your photos include a lot of snow. What's the deepest snow you've ever experienced and the deepest snow you've ever run through? Well, first of all, sorry, MT, sorry about that rudeness, uh, but at least I didn't scare you off and you hung around to continue on Fetch. Um, in terms of running through snow, you can't really run once it gets much more than ankle height. So probably the deepest I ran through is maybe about 12 centimetres. But I have occasionally had to wade through right up to thigh high. You know, you follow on a path, you're trying to get a who scores wins square uh, and you end up like just trying to drag yourself through an unshoveled uh, path. But when I was pregnant with my first son, who's nearly 16, I had to go for an emergency scan on Christmas Day. So there was no way our rental clear was going out. No one had shoveled the roads because it was a holiday and the snow was well up over her knees. So we had to trudge through the snow, <laughs> not very pregnant, but pregnant and worried to get herself up to uh, the hospital. That's the time I could have done for the donkey and uh, had someone to help me along the way. Absolutely. That sounds like a bit of a nightmare. Oof. But our next question comes from Ness, who says, congratulations, ITG, a well-deserved winner of Member of the Month. Do you have any tips for cold weather running? I struggle with pace and I'm not sure why. So any advice would be appreciated. Thanks. So my first advice is just forget about pace. You're just not going to run fast in the cold. I have no idea why. And I'm sure some scientists can tell you. But first of all, if you've got snow or ice then you've got more friction. Um, so even but even if the weather's good, you just run, run slower. Uh, just run to effort. You're never going to be that cold in the UK, maybe a couple of days of like real proper cold. Um, and just, you know, be happy that you got out at all. Maybe readjust your training schedule a little bit so you're not doing like a tempo run, but maybe your distance run instead. Um, and of course, the usual advice about layers, make sure you've got plenty of pockets so you can take things off. Two pairs of gloves is great. So then you can take one off and shove them in your pocket. Um, I love those long sleeve sweaters and jackets that come over your thumb. They're just magic because that's exactly the part of your hand that gets really cold and various collections of booths scattered about. I'm sure Fetch everyone has a good collection of booths for sale so you can check up there. Um, the other thing is if it's snowing heavily, you're going to need glasses. Uh, something I discovered as a non-glasses wearer, um, the problem is if the snowflakes are coming down heavy and you're running, you just get blinded as they land in your eyes and it's really, really annoying. Something I hadn't ever thought of, um, even running in the snow here, it never gets that bad. Just so, yeah, glasses. Yeah, it's just because you're running into it and these snowflakes are maybe quite big and they're falling. I mean, even if there's no wind, if there's wind, it's even worse, then you can't see anything. But yeah. if it's not windy, you're just getting all the snow in your face and it's just really hard to see. One for us all to bear in mind and hopefully we won't get quite that level of snow, but you never know. And maybe you can visit in the winter. Hello, Kat. Yes, and we, we have a guest appearance from Poppy. He's having a little meow at me. Um, our next question comes from Steve Nordrunner. What's your opinion of plunges in icy water, thermal pools or mud baths? In general, Steve, far away. Icy water is completely mad. Thermal pools is fine if they're nice swimming pools, but I wouldn't just jump into any old random hot pool outside the road. And mud baths are just a nasty, filthy business. Yep, I would tend to agree with that as well. Our next question comes from Paul Hunter. 
and he says congratulations how did you end up in Iceland? This is such a long story so I'll try and keep it short. Um, my husband was offered a job there after finishing his PhD just as I was finishing mine. Uh, he was offered a job in England sorry at Hurstmansea Castle and he was applying for all sorts of things and I was trying to finish my thesis. Um, he was offered tenure track in Barbados uh, and they were also considering taking me on when I graduated uh, so there would have been quite good job opportunities for us both there. But then uh, someone we knew in Iceland contacted us saying they were opening a new faculty of law and social science. Would we like to apply for a one year contract? We applied, we got it. I was like, no, it's too cold, don't wanna live there. Um, and then I thought, well, it's really hard to get that first job in academia, let's give it a go. And that was 18 years ago. So I guess I stuck it out. Definitely, I would say so. But our next question comes from Um, who asks, after your advice on turns, you ruined it with munching puffins. That sounds really bad. How often do you eat puffins? <laughs> do you need one each or carve it like a chicken for a family dinner? Congrats as well. Well, I do like a puffin, but you know, they're not that easy to pick up. You can't just pick one up in your local supermarket and to get them, you have to abseil down a cliff and grab them, which is a bit much, a bit ambitious, even for me, which means I've only ever eaten it in restaurants. And the local restaurants where I used to eat it has been taken over and it's become horrible and touristy. Uh, so it's overpriced with tiny portions, um, which means I haven't had puffin for a couple of years. They are actually quite small, despite what you might think. Um, so you need to have a whole breast and then some. Uh, so when I had it before, there would normally be a big slab of puffin breast and a slab of goose beside it and various sauces and potatoes and so forth. Uh, but I haven't been for a while. Um, if you are interested, then the meat is quite dark, um, a bit oily and a faint fishy taste. That would make sense. But yeah, don't fancy it, I'm afraid. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> Our next question comes from Flying Scotsman, who says, congratulations, ITG. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? So this is something I've thought a lot about, and I've had opportunities to go off and work elsewhere. Uh, but every time I just come back to Akureyri, it's kind of everything for me. It's 17,000 people, so about twice the size, not quite twice the size of the Scottish town where I grew up. It's got everything for my family. I've got a good, stable job and it gives me opportunities to do what I really love to do. I do occasionally think about going back to live in Scotland, um, usually when I'm tired or the weather's really rubbish. But I also know that my memories of living in Scotland are very much rose tinted uh, by the time I've been away in the distance. Absolutely. But our next question is from Minardi, who asks, congratulations and well done on those excellent podcast interviews. What would be your ideal holiday? Mm, well, I might have already had my ideal holiday, which I still feel a bit guilty about because it's absolutely horrible for the environment. But in 2019, I went on a massive cruise with uh, my husband, my kids and my husband's parents. It was absolutely spectacular. We had nothing to do. We just sat and we ate. We had no cleaning, we had no cooking, we had no shopping. We didn't have to think about what to eat, what to do. We just relaxed uh, and uh, had a lot of fun together. I did suggest uh, that I would go with two sets of friends this summer on a cruise uh, because we're all married for 20 years this year, uh, but obviously nothing's happening this year. Um, but then, of course, the other half already still owes me that trip to Hawaii. So who knows? Maybe I'll eventually make it out there. Fingers crossed for Hawaii and the cruise. Hmm. But you maybe never not, know. Uh, maybe not the Iron Man. No, no. Bit too much effort. Perhaps not. <laughs> Our next question comes from TB, who says... This is the most excellent news, ITG. I'd like to know how you first came across the site fetchf1.com. 
Hmm. Well, I remember the moment, uh, and it was probably around 2003, 13, maybe 12. I was reading an article in The Guardian that was talking about different running websites, and I checked it out, and I uh, never looked back. Excellent. And our next question comes from Wes Moores. Congratulations, ITG. If you can meet anyone past or present, who would it be and why? So this is a great question. And like many of the fetchies who answered this question in the interviews, it would be really nice to see my dad again um, and just clear things up. Um, but in terms of famous folks, I'd really like to show off and see someone really clever like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But in absolute truth, who I'd really, really love to meet, George Michael. We'd get high and have such a giggle. Well, I think Lip Gloss would probably agree with you there, actually. <laughs> Sushi's next to our next question from and she says congratulations ITG if you could ask anyone at all dead or alive to interview you for the podcast who would you choose well it wouldn't be Cora because she's rubbish <laughs> totally <laughs> no I'm teasing it was a slip fab actually I was delighted that you stepped up uh, the day after that I got the award um and I couldn't ask for anyone better to chat with um in terms of celebrities well yeah it'd be nice to meet George Michael but I do like a proper you know in-depth combative interview so maybe Laura Kinsberg Great. Uh, our next question comes from Trinky Wizard, who says, congrats, well deserved. Two questions, if I may. Firstly, mm -hmm. if you were interviewing yourself for the podcast, what question would you ask? And go okay. with that one first. Yeah, go for it. Actually, if we look at this, I think Chunky is really taking liberties here. There are actually four questions in uh, what he comes down to. But in terms of what would I add to ask myself? So I have to think about this. Um, Probably, if you could give advice to your younger self, what would it be? Because I do think about this a lot and things I wish I'd known when I was a teenager. Um, and probably my answer would be, you know, you're different. You're not going to fit in. Stop trying to fit in. It's okay to be different. School is such a tiny part of the world. And when you leave school, you're going to find your place. You're going to find a niche where the things that make you different are actually the things that make you successful. Things that will uh, make you valued um, and do well and be happy and thrive uh, the other thing I tell myself is those are migraines every month you don't have to have them go to the doctor and get the mini pill that would be some really good questions and the second question which I can see why it does actually turn into poor he asks what three things doesn't your average fetch you know about you Mm, so here I have the Emma problem of only being allowed to say three because I can talk about myself for hours. Um, <laughs> but here's three um, random things. One is that uh, in Turkey at the age of 14, I learned the Highland Fling at a folk music festival, as one does. Six years later, I was on an Erasmus summer course in Britannia uh, in Ren, and I wooed a handsome young Italian with my Highland Fling skills. Um, and at 22, so just two years after that, I applied for doctoral studies, not because I was so keen and dramatically clever or really desperate to pursue my topic, but because said Italian was living in Canada and I needed a visa to go and live with him. Uh, but we've now been married for 20 years, so I guess all that Highland Fling practice on the streets of Yalava paid off in the end. It does definitely look like it. <laughs> you might no, have to ask him that. He might disagree. <laughs> well, at least, you know, you're still together. <laughs> For the sake of the cats. <laughs> cat mum and cat dada. Yep. Uh, the next question actually is missing off my sheet. Oh. So can you tell? I have it, but I'm not sure who asked it. I've got lip gloss. Oh, maybe it is that then. Yes. Ah, uh, she's too far down the page. There you go. Lip gloss does ask, 
congratulations on your win. If you're stranded on a desert island, what what's the one thing you would like to have with you? Easy question. My bed. <laughs> I really love my bed. <laughs> Obviously, very much. Yeah, beds are good. Much important. If you if you can get to your bed for the cats, that is. Yeah, no, I lock them in the basement. I'm mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I have that problem. Our next question comes from Carpathus. Yay, congratulations. I see Vint hasn't asked her questions, so I will ask it for her. You're stranded on a desert island. You're allowed one fetchy, one household implement and one type of cake. What do you choose and why? Hmm. Well, I'm quite pragmatic, so I'd want one of the fetchies who does all those crazy endurance runs like Vint or Wallman, because I reckon they know a thing with you about survival and how to get through the elements. Uh, in terms of implements, well, maybe my bed counts, but if my bed is not allowed, then I think my slow cooker, because that would allow me to make nice soups out of whatever my endurance runner brings back. Uh, for cake, cheesecake, a nice good fruity cheesecake, raspberry, fruits of the forest, uh, which will also count as one of my five a day. I like your thinking. Definitely good thinking there. Our next question is from Happy Girl. <laughs> He's asked, well done, ITG, superstar fetchy. Love your accent, so hope someone records your Member of the Month interview with you for the podcast. Hmm, that was a good idea, wasn't it? His question is, what do you think is or are the best thing or things about FetchEveryone.com? Congratulations again. Gee. Well, indeed, and thank you to you, Cora, for picking up the interview. Of course, the standard answer, the classic answer is the Fetchies. Um, but to be more precise, and as I've said before, it's very much the culture of the Fetchies, that it's a very inclusive environment. Uh, I've been in sports clubs online in person that are quite elitist or cliquey or just trying to make money um, and the slower members are left behind until it's time to pay your subscription to subsidize someone else's jolly uh, but fetch is the reverse it doesn't matter how fast you are how much you train or how much money you have what you look like who you love everyone's welcome and I really like that especially with the new um, uh, new t-shirts uh, and vests uh, to represent kind of fetch pride if you like um, on the other hand, uh, apologies to Mr. T for that insult that clearly he has never quite got over. Uh, and if you are in need of some mild abuse, check out the misanthropes thread. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, dear. Our next question comes from Half Pint and she says, congratulations, amazed you haven't won this already. Due to a glitch in the system, you have to live forever on, in one fetch thread. Which would you choose? Ooh, it'd have to be the 700 miles a month, but I have to see cats in boxes as a close second. Oh yeah, that's two excellent threads, I must say. <laughs> Our next question comes from Lindsay. She says, congratulations and well-deserved. How many languages are spoken in your house and which ones are the best for swearing in? Okay, so the three languages that are regularly used in the house are Italian, English and Icelandic in that order. Italian's definitely got the best collection of swear words because it also has a bunch of regional dialects which gives you a lot of variation in, in different contexts. So the word for penis in the Sicilian dialect is so rude that even I won't say it, whereas the Genovese variant is so mild that even my mother-in-law has been known to say it. Um, Icelandic doesn't really have swear words uh, because they didn't have a tradition of hanging around to talk it out or insult each other. They just got on with axing each other through the head. Excellent. Didn't know that about the dialects of Italian. Hmm, I must find out more. Perhaps when we're not recording, I'll teach you some of the most useful things when you get to mile 20 of the marathon and you really need a good swear word. Absolutely. That's a deal for sure. 
And the next question is actually mine, and I see it does pretty much follow on from, from Lynn's one. I said, and say, many congratulations on the win. The question I was going to ask has already been asked, so out of the languages you speak, which is your favourite? Well, that would be the Italian, probably because of what the Greek's wearing. Yes, I must learn some more, definitely. <laughs> Our next question comes from Columba, who says, many congratulations, ITG. How is your study of Greenlandic coming along? And that's my mobile phone. Yeah, there's got to be something. I'll continue while you uh, deal with that. Kuyana, itige mik atakapunga, Islande mea suvunga, mana akurerimi, nayuka kapunga, kasuvunga, kisatigara kafe. And that's pretty much all I've learned after four months. And even that, I had to look most of it up. It's super, super hard if you come from a European language tradition. Um, and it doesn't help that I haven't been able to go to Greenland for absolutely ages uh, to try it out. But I finally got my vaccination, so maybe in August and certainly September, I, October, I can get over there and start talking to people again. Fantastic. That sounded amazing. I have no idea what you said. Yeah, exactly. None of you know, you see, so it could have been completely rubbish, but you haven't got a flu. That sounds good, though, so we don't care. <laughs> Sombrero's next. He asks, well done, ITG. I was forced to vote for you due to pressure from a kitten, <laughs> but I would have voted for you anyway. My question is this. If you had to get a tattoo of an animal on your on one of your buttocks, which animal would you get and why? Well, that's quite a personal question, Sombrero. Um, so I don't really love tattoos. Uh, it's up to you. Of course, they each to their own, but I, they're not really for me. And I'm very fainty around needles. Uh, I'm also quite protective of my butt. So I think for me, it would have to be a single cell organism. So one jab, I pass out and then it's all over. And then on the rare occasion that some poor bugger is exposed to the side of my arse, it would just look like a freckle. That's a very clever answer. Absolutely. Right. Yummy asks, congratulations, ITG. You've had some tough times in the last year or so, and though it hasn't been easy, you've come across as someone who has a depth of resilience. When you hit the wall on ones, what gets you through? Hmm. Well, there's a lot in that question. So if it's a training run, I'll be thinking about my target race. Um, and if it's not, if I don't have a target race, then it's unlikely I'm running more than a half anyway, so I won't hit the wall. But if it's... Uh, if it's in a race itself, then I trick myself with the fallacy of the sunk cost. I think about how much work I've done to get to the start line. I think about how many blizzards I ran through, how much snow I shoveled, how many days I forced my ass out when I really couldn't be bothered. Um, how much work I put in to recover from a slip disc in 2017 and how much money I spent on kit and travel and race fees and physiotherapy to get me there. Um, but there's another part of that question, which is about being resilient. I have a huge issue with the whole concept of resilience. Uh, just because I don't want to be resilient. You know, I probably am, but, uh, and I don't think I'm more resilient than any other mom who's trying to manage growing teens and aging parents and full-time work. Um, you know, we're the last resort. When everything's going well, it's fine and we get on okay. But when anything goes wrong, it all seems to land on our shoulders. So I'd super like not to have to be quite so resilient and just hide under the blanket for a few days and let someone else take care of me. Um, so uh, when I had my second child, and I tell this, I think it's really important that women, especially young women, hear these stories. But I had really bad postnatal depression and I used to fantasize about being hit by a car or breaking a leg uh, so that I could just hide in hospital for a few days and someone else would take care of everything else. Um, I think that's actually quite a common fantasy for mums to have, but I really wish it wasn't. And I think we need to take care of each other. And I think we have to talk about these things a lot more so that, um, especially in the, when you've just had a baby and everyone's like, oh, you must be so happy. And you're like, yeah, I am, but I'm also really, really, really tired. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's open up and talk about these things. 
Absolutely. I know it's, it's something that a lot of um, new mums suffer from and it, is, it can be absolutely debilitating and just so horrendous. So definitely. Yeah, but thank not you very much. For that. You know, it can be parents at any stage, yeah. just the huge pressure of being the last resort of, you know, there's no one else if you fail. And that that's a lot of pressure to live with. Absolutely. Thank you ever so much for that. That's very personal answers to so our next question comes from Serendipoli, who says, congratulations, ITG. When is your favorite time to listen to a podcast? Thank you, Dips. Well, first time I'm running after it comes out, which will usually be a Monday afternoon. But if the podcast is running a little bit late, it might not be till Wednesday, which is very frustrating because Tuesday is a cross training day or maybe a swimming day. But I always do a little dance at my desk when I get the notification that the podcast is ready. Yeah, right. we do see you on the thread going, is it? Is it there? <laughs> Exactly. I think I was doing that Monday, not realising you lot had a bank holiday. Yeah, such a keen bean, that's all. But our last question comes from Northern Slow Coach, who says, Many congratulations, ITG, for the 700 hours. Please can you read out the shipping forecast as provided by the Met Office here at metoffice.gov.uk. I su suppose some truncation may be permitted if time is tight. Well, thank you, Northern Slow Coach. If you don't follow the 700 thread, you've no idea what this is about. So you can probably just fast forward the next bit. I will not bore you with the entire forecast, but I have been asked, so I will give you a, a little bit uh, of the regions near Iceland. And now, the shipping forecast. The general synopsis at 0600 hours. Low Rock Hall, 1009, losing its identity by 0600 tomorrow. South Utsira. Gale warning, issue 2200 hours UTC on Wednesday 2 June 2021. Easterly gale force 8 expected soon. Wind, easterly 6 to gale 8, veering southeasterly 4 or 5 later. Sea state, moderate or rough, becoming slight or moderate. Weather, thundery showers, fog patches later. Visibility, moderate, occasionally very poor. Fair Isle, wind, south or southeast, four to six. Sea state, moderate, occasionally slight. Weather, fog patches. Visibility, moderate, occasionally very poor. Southeast Iceland, wind, southeasterly four or five, backing easterly five to seven, perhaps gale eight later in west. Sea state, moderate, occasionally rough later in far west. Weather, fog patches, rain later. Visibility, moderate, occasionally very poor. And that is the shipping forecast. And that was absolutely fantastic. That almost deserves a separate podcast of its own. Just reach a read in the shipping forecast. Uh, or any, we could have a collection of IT of uh, fetches <laughs> just uh, reading the shipping forecast for uh, Fetch Everyone Channel 4 News. That would certainly be different. But thank you ever so much, ITG, for your time. And that was, uh, it's really lovely to actually get to, to speak to veggies and find out a bit more about them and actually talk these um, interviews through so much more personal as well. So thank you very much for your time. And you have been listening to Cora interviewing ITG for FetchEveryone.com. Thanks, everyone. Thanks to everyone who voted for me and gave me this opportunity to talk more about myself. There's very little I like more than talking about myself. Um, and thanks for voting for me. And if you haven't commented on my blog yet, please do, because I'm really desperate to get that 200 comments badge. Thanks, Fetchies.
Bye, Cora. Bye, Fetchies. Bye. Thank you both. And once again, just a really just so grateful that um you are taking the time to do these interviews and um we we just love them we absolutely love them so thank you for taking the time i hope you enjoyed doing it and um i'm going to listen to it in full as i edit the podcast and i'm really looking forward to it so thank you yeah thanks very much both of you um so what have you got next week or this this week i would say what's your what's on your your card um do you know i haven't really thought too much actually um yeah do me while you yes while you like Uh not really listen but think about your own week yeah okay (laughs) well I'm, i'm hoping that um the rainbow shirts will arrive um towards the end of this week so um, one of my main hopes is that I'll be taking all of those to the post office. That would be pretty awesome. Um, I'm going to get the boy involved, um, if possible, with um, doing some packing and labelling. Um, so um, fingers crossed for that. I'm also just hoping for a little bit of cooler weather. I know I know everybody enjoys how warm it is. If I could just turn it down a couple of notches, and that sounds like that's where we're headed... That's my sweet spot right there, just a few degrees cooler than it currently is. Um, and I'll be pretty happy. Um, and yeah, just more of the same running-wise, another double digits long run. Um, not really too much in the way of speed or anything like that, just looking after my legs, enjoying it, exploring new places, that kind of thing. Yeah, I listened to everything you said. Yes. Then um, I will do also like a double digits, but in a in a walk. Yeah. Um, I would definitely like at least one yoga, and 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 more would be great. I've got another coached session with Angie tomorrow morning, and I will do a little report, and then we will include those next week. Um, my reports from my coaching sessions. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to do a bit better at my hundreds. That's, that mm. would be really nice if I can if I can get that ticked off. And the other thing I was thinking is I'd like to do a longer swim at Box End because we're zooming at speed towards our Devon trip and I'd like to do a longish swim um, in Devon, possibly on the swoosh route. Yeah. So I need to be able to do about an hour and a half uh, of swimming, really. So I thought I'd better... Better start prepping for that, really. Yeah. With three weeks to go or two oh, weeks to go. You've done that enough times now that you should be, should be all right. Just float down on the tide. I'll float down on the tide. Lovely. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, hope you've enjoyed the contributors and our just general ramblings and background noises and everything. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, If you want to leave us a comment, um, go to fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to send us an audio contribution, it is so easy. All you need to do is grab your phone, assuming it's not like a Nokia 3300 or whatever, and um, use the voice recorder on there to record whatever you want to tell us about and email it then to podcast at fetcheveryone.com and we'd love to feature it on the show. 
you got anything else to add, Katie? I have not. Okay. All right. Well, let's sling our collective hooks. Okie dokes. And uh, we'll see you next time. Ta. Bye. Did you guess who our mystery fetchy was, everybody? It was Old Croc. Or was it, um, what's the name of the singer? Mary, uh, not Mary Whitehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Amy Whitehouse. <laughs> See you next time.